The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. You betcha, 632. Welcome to it. And uh, we're back for another uh, kick at the can. It's uh, Skulls here along with Lior Samfiru, uh, co-host always in the brains of the operation. Lior is the guy you want to call or a member of his crew at the firm. If you have any questions outside this half hour, one 855 is the number. The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, we always direct you there right off the top, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That will probably answer 80% of your questions at least. Uh, beyond that, you'll have the phone number there. Um, again, contact through the website. And you can also use the severance calculator, which is baked into uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Today on the show, we're going to get through the inbox. I know the, uh, the emails have been coming in fast and furious for a few days, uh, Lior, so we want to empty out a bunch of those. But without much uh, further ado, Lior, let's uh, get into the emails after your case of the day. What's cooking on your end? Hey, John. Great to be here. Great to be talking employment law and great to be get given this opportunity to help our good listeners to solve their workplace problems. That's exactly why we are here for you, with you to solve those problems. If you don't have any problems, you'll still learn new things, interesting things that can arm you with uh, very important knowledge. But beyond that, if you actually are dealing with a workplace issue, you don't have to deal with it alone. I can tell you what to do. I can tell you what's right and what's wrong, what legal, what's legal and what isn't. And good place to start us uh, off tonight with some calls and make sure that tomorrow is a better day, whether you've been wrongfully dismissed, constructively dismissed, been given an ultimatum, being mistreated or bullied, you get it. You call us right now. We'll talk. Then beyond the show, as John said, you can call me and my team in the office or email us so we can have a private chat. Uh, but to start us off, case of the day, as always, I spoke with a, a very, very nice lady earlier today who uh, had been off work for about six months uh, because of a serious medical condition, very, very serious. But luckily, uh, with some good treatment from her doctors and some some good effort on her part, she got better to the point that she could go back to work with some modified duties. So very happily, she emailed her employer a few weeks back saying, I'm ready to come back to work. I'm ready to come back. Here's some limitations that I have, but I could do my job. Can't wait to start. Uh, let me know. Uh, she gets an email right away saying, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you soon. Uh, after a few days, nothing. So she follows up. Hey, just wanted to know when I can start. And since then, John, radio silence, complete <laughs> radio silence. She the email. She even left a couple of voicemails. No one's getting back to her. Nothing. And it's been now right around a month. So, John, uh, finally, she calls me. And her situation or her question is really simple. Is, what do I do here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, do I show up to work? I mean, what, what gives? So, let's before we even say about what she's supposed to do, let's talk about what this actually means. Certainly from a legal standpoint, uh, her employer now has to make efforts to take her back and they have to be in touch with her and they have to find a role and they can't ignore her. That's illegal. That could be a human rights violation. That could be also considered a termination, a constructive dismissal no. because they're not giving her a job and they're not telling her what to expect. They're not giving her 
any feedback. Can't do that. Illegal. So when you're coming back from uh, medical leave, your employer has to work with you to put you back in the same job or a similar job uh, if, uh, if possible. And of course, you can't be ignored. You can't be, uh, you know, you, you can't be put on ice there where they hope you'll go away. That's completely illegal. So what does she do here? Well, there's two options that I gave her, and I'll tell you in a second what she chose. Mm-hmm. The first option is she could simply consider this to be a termination. We can get her severance, potentially human rights damages, and she can proceed that way. The second option, which is the easier option, is one quick letter from me. You see how quickly over Sunday respond. Uh, and she chose the that second option. So I'm going to send them a letter saying, yeah, you better respond, company. They will respond very quickly. So if any of this sounds familiar, if any of this is something that you or someone that you know has gone through, you know what to do, you understand your rights, and if there's a problem, you give me a call. And the same thing goes for accommodation when you come back. I mean, it's a pretty, as you say, high threshold they have to meet for for modifications to your job, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah, and it's possible that what happened here is that the company understood that you needed some accommodation, some uh, some help, and they didn't want to do it. So they were hoping they can avoid it. Well, guess what? You can't do that. As John said, an employer has a, a very strict legal obligation to accommodate you if you have medical restrictions, maybe modified hours or modified duties. Maybe you need to work from home for medical reasons. If your doctor says that and supports you, the employer has to accommodate, even if it's not uh, even if it's not easy, even if it costs your employer. They have to accommodate. A failure to accommodate is a human rights violation. It's a very big deal. So definitely something you want to keep in mind. Let's get into our first email here before we take a, a short break. Uh, Paul says, guys, been on a leave of absence from work for uh, not vaccinating for well over a year and haven't been called back to work. Is there anything at this point I can do? Well, yeah. So so uh, it's been a while since I've gotten questions about uh, yeah. vaccines. But, but here's yeah. the answer to that. Uh, yes, certainly, arguably, when your employer puts you on a leave, whenever that was, that could have been considered a termination, but you may have said, "Okay, well, I'll um, I'll, I'll sit at home and wait for them to call me back." By now, if they haven't called you back by now, when there's no restrictions anywhere with COVID or vaccines, they had to call you back. If they didn't, it certainly is a termination of your employment. So, if you're still on a leave of absence because of your vaccine status, I think it's time to say enough is enough. It, it's gotten to the point that's beyond ridiculous now. Let's get you severance so you can move on. So that's the answer here. Yeah, you can get severance. You don't have to wait uh, because otherwise we could be having the same conversation two years from now. doesn't make any sense. Let's just get severance and move on. And with that, we'll move on to a quick break and get back to your phone calls and a lot more of those emails that are coming in anytime, be even beyond this half hour, of course. It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show continues. Stand by. We're coming right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. You bet. We're back. It is 641. Clearing out the old inbox. The emails are coming in, so we're getting to a bunch of these uh, for the remainder as well in between the phone calls, so don't hesitate to do that first. Daryl says, guys, I was just given a termination letter that offers me 26 weeks severance after 13 years with the company. The HR manager says that two weeks severance pay per year is standard. Does it make sense to contact you in these circumstances? 
done it's you know we, you and i recently were talking about assumptions that that people yeah. make and and the fact that when it comes to employment there's so many assumptions there uh let's clarify this you can't first of all ever assume anything you have to get advice proper but no there's no such thing as two weeks per year that's not what you're owed uh you're owed in most cases a lot more and it's based on your age your position and the length of your employment so no, this person after their 12 years, depending on what job they were doing in their age, could easily be owed a year's pay, uh, maybe even as much as 18 months pay, maybe even more than that. It could be 24 months if you're older and more more senior position. So no, it's not, but it's not appropriate. If they were offered 26 weeks, that's six months pay. That's ridiculous. That's a terrible severance offer. It's a wrongful dismissal. So I want to completely get rid of this notion of, oh, I get a week per year or two weeks per year wrong. It's based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So it's not a simple formula of this many weeks per year. Do the right thing if you lose your job. Call me or go to the, use the severance calculator. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is where you'll find it. Uh, please don't assume anything about those rights. Well, yeah, to your point, don't assume anything. There's going to be two guys working the same place, same age. They might even look similar, and they might be there close to about the same amount of time. They could have completely different severance offers. Absolutely. Completely different offers, different rights, different entitlements. Mm -hmm. So it's always – it's not actually helpful for you to compare notes with your colleagues. So let's say a few of you lost your job to see what what they've gotten. I've had people, by the way, that accepted their severance offer, even though it was a horrible offer, because their colleagues got something similar and they figured that it must be right. Nonsense. Just because you've all been wrongfully dismissed doesn't mean you should accept your severance offer. No matter what you who you are, what job you're doing, or what your colleagues get, never accept that severance offer because 90% chance it's not adequate. Have you have you come to uh, have you seen situations like that? I remember back in like I say back in the day, it wasn't that long ago, but like Future Shop and those places where there was blanket severance offers. It was that, that whole herd mentality where, well, we all got the same thing. I guess we're good to go. That type of thing, right? Happens often, and yeah. companies do that on purpose because they know that employees are going to uh, compare notes. So they want to be consistent because it comes to say, okay, everyone something got something similar. Everyone got a week per year, two weeks per year. So it must be right, you know, if 25 of us got the same thing. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. And all that means is that 25 of you got wrongfully dismissed. So, yeah, companies do that often if they let go a bunch of people. That has nothing to do with your rights. You could be owed 10 times what you've been offered. Your colleagues can be worth, uh, owed 15 times what they've been offered. Do the right thing and get some advice. Dana says, uh, I've been off on a stress leave for two months, but don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I'll be treated. Do I have any options? What do I do? Well, I mean, you don't have to go back, but if you're asking whether or not you can get some compensation from the company, the answer is absolutely. But we need to be able to prove that that the, that something's happened in the workplace, that you were mistreated so or that there's a reason to think that coming back to work is going to mean you're not treated properly. Uh, if you're mistreated, if you're being bullied, harassed, etc., and because of that you leave your job, the law considers that to be a termination because mm. you're not leaving because you feel like it. Right. You're leaving because you're treated badly and no one should be treated badly. Well, that's a termination. That's a constructive dismissal. But the key, the key is to prove it. Of course, remember the, the your boss that mistreated you or, or your supervisor that mistreated you, they're not going to admit it, right? They're not going to hang their head in shame and say, we did it. They're going to deny it. So you have to establish it. So maybe there's a recording. Maybe there's some emails. 
Maybe there's a witness that's willing to say, yeah, it happened. If you don't have any of that, I would tell Dana to consider going back to work. If she's wrong and she's treated well, fantastic. If she is right and she's not treated properly, let's document that. Okay, let's send emails to people confirming what happened or let's have a recording or something. And then if we have that proof, she may be able to pursue a constructive dismissal, get her full severance. But I'm always concerned uh, about the issue of whether there is proof. You know, you said recording there a couple times. I know that'll pique the interest of a few of our listeners saying, Lior, record a conversation, you know, keep it in my pocket. Can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, you are allowed to do that. And sometimes it's a good idea as long, as long as you are part of the conversation that you're recording. So you can record yourself talking to someone else. You can record yourself in a meeting, uh, you know, with, even if the others don't know that they're being recorded, what you're absolutely not allowed to do. In fact, it's a criminal offense is to record other people talking when you're not part of it. So you, you leave a recorder under the desk and record other people talking when you're not there. That's illegal. Never, ever do that. But if you're talking to someone, yeah, you're allowed to record it. And sometimes that's the best way to prove what I you know, if, if you mentioned, you know, make some sort of uh, uh, notification or notes about it, emails, uh, for instance, with, with Dana. So if she sent her supervisor or whomever she feels bullied by it or belittled by, says, you know, just such such a date, you know, after a conversation, I felt bullied, I felt uneasy, just letting you know, blah, 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 and sent it off. If they don't get a response, that's fine, yeah? That's absolutely fine. And, and what you've just described there, John, is exactly the way to do it. If you wish you had something in writing, very easy. Just put it in writing yourself. Send an email confirming what happened. You don't need a response. Frankly, you don't want a response. Their silence is exactly what you want. It's essentially accepting what you've said. Send that email. And that's how you create that written record, which ends up being the proof that we need to show that you've been mistreated. Stevie's up next. His guys have been uh, working for my employer for the last five years. They just told me that my job will end in six months, but in the meantime, my hours will be reduced from 40 to 30 a week. Uh, can they do that? So hopefully our regular listeners are jumping out of their chair and saying, no, no, <laughs> constructive dismissal. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah, Anytime you're looking at it, such a, a reduction in hours, presumably reduction in pay too, when you're going from 40, 40 hours to 30 hours, that is going to be a constructive dismissal with the cherry on top. Not even a question about it. And whether or not he's been given notice that he's being let go or, or not doesn't change the fact that it's a constructive dismissal. So what does this mean for him? It means he doesn't have to accept it. He can consider that reduction as a termination effective immediately. Not effective six months from now, effective now, and then get his severance now. So that's what I would recommend. If he's going to be let go anyway, may as well get his severance right now. No, your employer cannot just decide to reduce your hours that way. Uh, such a significant, big reduction is going to be a constructive dismissal every time. And how about this one? I may be off, maybe right, but you know, I'm a recent graduate of Stanford University. That notice period may not be long enough anyway, right? Even though he's getting yeah. told that he's going to be losing his job. How about that? It's I say Sam Fury University. I like the sound of that. I'm going I'm to think on that a bit. <laughs> of course you will. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, so, no, you're absolutely right. Even in situations where an employer gives you notice, advance notice of termination, if they don't give you enough notice, they have to make up the difference by way of severance. So if you're owed uh, 10 months severance and they give you six months notice of termination, they still owe you four months and they have to make that up at the end after that notice. So chances are, even if you've got an advance notice of termination, you're still going to be owed some compensation at the end of that notice. So keep nice. that in mind. And before uh, 
you're actually done working, give me a call. Let's grab a, uh, grab a call in between. Murray, thank you so much for taking the time this evening. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? Wonderful. What's your question? Um, so I'm in a management position. I'm being voluntold. This has been going on for over a year that I have to be available. I have to be on call every six weeks and I'm not being paid for it nor compensated for it. And this so, is not in my contract. No. Okay. So here's what I would, well, let me tell you what this means from a legal standpoint. Uh, if you were to say not doing this anymore, uh, Try one that. of two things. Okay, well, if you don't do this anymore, one of two things will happen. I said, sorry, I'm not going to be available. Thank you very much. One of two things: either they'll back off and leave you be, or they'll potentially let you go. If they let you go, they'll have to pay you severance, and this goes back to the basic principle that an employer can let you go at any time, pretty much as long as they pay you severance. So they can let you go with severance. Uh, but that's ultimately what you can do here. If you were to do that, I wouldn't tell them that effective uh, now. I would say, listen, uh, it's been going on for a while. I thought that this is going to be a temporary thing. So I'm telling you that next month is the last month I'm going to do it. And after that, I'm no longer going to be available. They'll either back off or they'll let you go with severance. So you have to ultimately decide, are you okay losing your job, of course, as long as severance is paid? Uh, and that's the thing. I already told them that I'm not available. I'm not comfortable doing this. Okay. And they said, well, all managers have to do it. I said, no, it's not in my contract. Uh, they just keep on putting excuses on it. And I have put it in writing. Well, then at some point you can say, okay, I'm not just telling you I'm not doing it. I'm actually not doing it. So you can put me on the schedule, but I'm not going to be there. They can't physically come into your house and, and you know, uh, make you make you go to work. But keep in mind what I said, that the result could be that you were let go, but that would be a without cause termination and you're going to be owed your full severance. Yeah, and I've been there for 15 years. It's cheaper to keep me there than to fire me at this point. It would be cheaper and you'd probably be looking at something. You said you're in a management position, potentially about 18 months of severance. So it would be costly for them if they let you go and they try to somehow say that they can let you go without severance because you didn't do this uh, job, you call me right away. I'll make sure you get that severance. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate that. Here's how you uh, make that happen, by the way, because I know you're still standing by listening. one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. Moving on down to uh, Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Good evening. Hi, how are you guys doing? We are uh, doing really well. Glad you took the time. What's uh, What's your question? Our employer has implemented a new timesheet that everyone has to use, and but we also have to continue using our original timesheets. When the two timesheets don't match, they withhold our pay. Are they allowed to do that? No, uh, they can't withhold your pay. So they withhold your pay while they figure out what's going on, or they just don't pay you? They just, until they figure out what's going on. And how long does that take usually? It varies. Sometimes it's a couple days, sometimes it's a week. So, no, that, that's not something that they can do. They can't decide because of their system that's inefficient to, to withhold your pay and not pay you when they're, they're supposed to pay you. So, so no, that's not appropriate. Uh, and, in fact, that could be something that could be considered a constructive dismissal because one of the most important things your employer has to do is to pay you the proper amount on time. 
So right. if this something that happens more than, you know, once every couple of months, you may want to consider whether you want to say, no, that's not okay with me. That's a constructive dismissal. Or alternatively, maybe have me send them a letter and see if they'll back off and, and start using some common sense. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks, Appreciate John. it. And you can always uh, reach out after the show. They got time for one more email. Ron says, guys, just came back from a disability leave. My company now says, eh, they don't believe I'm healthy enough to work, even though I am. Is there anything I could do about that? Well, here's the thing. It's not up to the company to decide if he's uh, healthy enough to work. It's not up to him to decide. It's up to the doctor. So what happens in a situation where the company says, well, we, we kind of, we've seen you around. We don't think you're, you're healthy enough to work is you get a doctor's note. You get a doctor's note that says, uh, I understand. It says, I understand that, uh, this person's job is X, Y, and Z. I've checked him and he's able to work. That's it. If they give you a hard time at that point, inappropriate, that could be a human rights violation. That could be a constructive dismissal illegal. So, Get that doctor's note. Very, very important. If there's any questions, they have then then if they follow up questions that they have to the doctor, they can ask the doctor for follow up questions. Mm-hmm. You know, his job entails lifting thirty pounds. Can he do it? That's a right. legitimate question. But ultimately, if you have that doctor's note, that's your ace in the hole. Uh, without it, uh, it can be all kinds of problems. Would they? Would this be another situation where he and his doctor say, "Yeah, he's good to go"? They're saying, mm, "We don't think so." Is this is the crossroads accommodation again, possibly? Well, but accommodation has to be dictated by the doctor. If the doctor says yeah. uh, he's good to go right now, he doesn't need any accommodation. Well, there's the answer. Mm-hmm. If uh, the doctor says he's good to go, but he needs some accommodation, then they have to accommodate. But ultimately, uh, they. Uh, Obviously, every employer should know that their employee is able to work, that he's able to do the job safely. And if they're not sure, then it's okay to ask for a doctor to clear that employee. But they can't substitute their own opinion uh, over that of what the doctor says. That doctor's note, as I said, is the ace in a hole. It's very, very powerful. And an employer that doesn't believe it, that doesn't follow it, is going to be in trouble. Yeah, it's so weird. Usually it's the other way around. You know what I mean? Usually they're not stopping you from work. They're telling you to come off. We don't think you're injured enough. Get back to work tomorrow. It's weird. It's just that situation. But there you go. I guess in this current climate, you'd also be surprised that they don't want their employees back because it's, it's kind of tough to get good working folk. You know what I mean? Well, if an employer may not want their employee back yet, they may say, well, we just don't think you're, you're, you're healthy enough. So stay off and get back to us at some point in the future. Again, uh-huh. still not legal because ultimately what the doctor says matters, whether it's for accommodation, whether it's to be off work or to come back to work. And with that, we are done for tonight. Appreciate your emails and the phone calls we had. Awesome stuff. We're back at it tomorrow, same time, 6.30. Join us here again for the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. In the meantime, reach out. Lior's always there, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, again, man, use it. It's free. It's anonymous. You'll learn tons called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Circle back. Be back here tomorrow again at 6.30. Enjoy your night. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.